This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. Hey friends, who's in the nursing program because they gave up a lifelong dream of becoming a teacher? Probably not very many people, but in case you are, don't give up on your goal yet. If you've wondered what becoming a nurse educator is like, this episode is for you. Hey guys, I'm Adia Hansen. And I'm Corbin Smith. Together we are going to explore the nursing profession. With exclusive interviews from nurses working in jobs you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is the College Handoff. Hey, yo, guys, welcome back. Today, we have the chance to chat with two nurse educators, both from BYU. First, Nancy Krauss will share what a nurse educator's life is like, what she does day to day, and several other roles at the Children's Hospital of Orange County that she works at. Then we'll chat with Megan Prousey, who works as a clinical educator at Davis Hospital in Layton. She'll also discuss her decision to pursue a master's in nursing education. Let's get started. Hey guys, we're here today with Nancy Krause. How are you doing today, Nancy? I'm great, thank you. So Nancy works in hospital administration at the Children's Hospital of Orange County. Could you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. I am currently the Executive Director of Critical Care at Chalk Children's Hospital in Orange County, and I have responsibility in my role for the critical care areas, so that's the neonatal ICU, the cardiovascular ICU, the pediatric ICU, um, our ECMO life support team, our PIC vascular access team, as well as clinical education and professional development, and the magnet program, and then sort of my other duties as assigned in the pandemic is I'm in charge of screening at our hospital, so that's been a added bonus. That's so cool. So to start, what inspired you to become a nurse? Um, that's a tough one a little bit. I think as a young child in, you know, my, as a 10, 11, 12 year old, I had older siblings that had children. And so I was always a caregiver and a babysitter and then did that in my neighborhood. And then I did become a candy striper, which I think they're a bit extinct. Now it's just a hospital volunteer when I was 14 and really liked the hospital environment. So during my high school years, I had the opportunity through my high school to become a certified nurse's assistant. And I think that sort of put me on my trajectory to nursing. And how did you end up going from a nurse to working in hospital administration? Well, it was definitely not ever my plan. So um, I graduated from BYU. I went into the pediatric ICU and I loved pediatrics and critical care. I felt like it really made me think. It was always challenging. And I did just about every position that the pediatric ICU could offer me um, and and enjoyed all of that. And then I did take an eight-year break when I had four children under eight. And I came back um, as an educator because in the meantime, I had gotten a master's degree with a focus on education. I'd been teaching at some colleges. Um, And I came back as an educator, and at that time, Chuck was starting a journey of excellence, a magnet journey, and so I was asked to take that position, and I did. And as soon as that finished, um, 
there was an opening in our new graduate residency program, and they asked me if I would take that, and I said yes. Um, and then after that, they asked me if I would be the director of that clinical education department, and I said yes. And then at a time when the hospital made some changes and went to the service line model, they asked me to take the critical care service line and keep education because all of my experience has had been in critical care. So I never really planned to get here. I feel like the reward of good work is more work. And so when people see that you have a capacity, they oftentimes will ask you or put you on a road that leads you somewhere. So I never really intended to go into nursing management. Um, it is in my skill set and I do enjoy it, but I would have never in a million years said that I would ever do this job. And Nancy, could you give us an idea of what a typical day looks like for you in your job? Sure. Um, well, so there's some things that are routine. Every morning at 8.30, we have a daily safety briefing with all the departments in the hospital. And so I represent nursing administration, and that's just a way for us to talk about any safety issues, um, any concerns, and so that everybody's aware of what's going on. Uh, so that's every day at 8.30. And then after that, my day is oftentimes filled with meetings, lots of meetings um, for different projects that I'm either part of or responsible for, as well as um, my, uh, I have monthly one-on-one -on -one meetings with everyone of my direct reports, and there are 12 of those. So I'm doing a lot of mentoring with them. Um, I have a brand new manager in my CVICU. She's just been in her role for six weeks. So I meet with her weekly right now. My other managers or directors I meet with monthly. And then I also have an open door if anybody needs me at any point in time because, you know, crises don't always match the one-on-one -on -one monthly meetings. Uh, I also have some responsibility for strategic planning. So um, I'm in charge of the patient care services strategic plan. I work with our chief nurse and our vice president of patient care services, and I work with all the other directors to sort of put their projects together, make sure that they align with the hospital's strategic plan and sort of our vision for growth and our pillars of growth and just keep track that we're all on track of those things. And then I still try to connect with staff and, um, like I said, if, with patients. If I um, am aware of a situation, I'll be sure that I go up and chat with that family for whether it's a complaint or whether I know they're having a difficult time or if they're a referral that somebody, you know, from far out of state, you know, whatever, or if someone asks me to just go check on this family, it might be beneficial for me to chat with them. So I still do that. And um, I like to be out and also be, have some visibility with the staff so that I'm, you know, aware of where the hot spots are and if they're having a particularly difficult day in one of the units and make sure that they feel like they have my support. But I have a lot of meetings. <laughs> Sometimes I'm in back-to-back -back meetings all day, and I don't even get to emails or other things till 5 o'clock. So uh, it's very meeting-heavy, but um, a lot of times they're, you know, fun times to chat with and hear about all the great things that I might not know the absolute details of in the areas. And you work in a big role in the Magnet program in the hospital. Could you explain a little bit more about that program? Um, absolutely. I'm very passionate about Magnet. I didn't know much about it 12 years ago when we started our initial Magnet journey, but it's an accreditation by the American um, Nurses Credentialing Center, 
And it really, um, long ago when there was a nursing shortage, there were some specific hospitals that didn't seem to be impacted by the shortage. They had plenty of staff. And so they identified those as magnet hospitals or hospitals that nurses would kind of automatically be drawn to. And so they looked at the premises and outcomes that those hospitals had and set up a program so that other hospitals could become like that. It's evolved over several years, and now it's really a, um, an award of excellence in only about 5% of all hospitals uh, nationwide, and it's also internationally recognized, have that. It is a program that really raises the bar for an organization and the focus is all on nursing. So you have to have a nursing research program. You have to have a shared governance program where the nurses really are driving their own practice. Um, bedside nurses have to have a say in a lot of the things that go on in improvement projects. And um, there has to be great communication between leadership and staff nurses. And you actually, it can't just be a great story. You have to have um, really outcomes that demonstrate that. So you, anybody can write a great story and put in a document, but you have to have the data that supports it. So you have to have strong associate satisfaction. You have to be doing a good job with your patients and families and have strong patient satisfaction. You have to have um, really strong data on your hospital-acquired infections that they aren't above certain thresholds. Um, it's a very comprehensive program but it really, at the end of the day, it showcases nursing. And so I think that's why I was drawn to it, because I think it really, it's all about the nurses at the bedside and the work that they do. Yeah, that magnet program sounds like a ton of work. We know you've also done a ton of humanitarian work throughout the years. How has that helped you to continue to go forth and serve? That's a great question. Um Actually, when Hurricane Katrina hit, um, I had this very strong impression that I needed to go to Houston and help. And I had four young children at the time, and I had a business, actually, and I called my husband. I go, I need to go to Houston. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> and so I think that really got me started. So I went to Houston, and I was there for a week, and I worked in the Astrodome and really um, was moved by just that sort of local need for health care. And um, that sort of led me to look at some global needs. And I was already registered with the LDS Humanitarian Option. And I was also registered with Operation Smile, but I hadn't done anything with either of them. And there was a point where those two programs intersected. And I was asked if I was interested in doing a global healthcare mission with Operation Smile to Kenya. And so I did that about 10 years ago and sort of have just never turned back because it's just, I've gone out and realized that um, there are so many needs. And yes, there are a lot of local needs, but there are even greater needs in a lot of third world countries that just bringing our skills along with our hearts and our passions, you can have an influence that would take years to happen um, here in the States. That's amazing. And as you think about all the programs you've participated in and the experiences you've had, what advice would you offer current nursing students? Um, I think that, I mean, nursing is a very, very challenging major, no matter where you go to school, I believe. I've taught at a few different colleges and universities. 
And I think sometimes it's hard as a nursing student to look around and see a lot of other students having a lot more fun. And you're in a very, very intensive, um, academically rigorous major. And I think I would just tell them that there are a lot of purposes in the challenges and the exactness that's required of you. And um, that training that you have will make you a better professional. And you'll see that further down the road when it doesn't always perhaps make sense when you're right in the middle of it. Thank you so much, Nancy, for all this amazing advice that you've given us. And if students want to contact you, how can they do that? So probably my best email is my work email, just because I live and breathe that every day. And so that is nkraus, K-R-A-U-S, at C-H-O-C dot org. So nkraus at chalk dot org. So I'm more than happy to be contacted and, um, and help in any way that I can. Thank you so much, Nancy, for coming on the show and talking with us a little bit today. Oh, absolutely. The BYU College of Nursing 2021 calendars have shipped recently. If you didn't receive one or you would like to request a copy, please send your name and mailing address to nursingpr at byu.edu. The cover features the 66 nursing students that began our program in August and a ton of other awesome pictures. All right, so our next guest is Megan Prousey. Welcome to the show. So before we get started, Megan, can you take the time to introduce yourself a little bit? So I'm Megan Prousey. Um, I was a graduate of the BYU nursing program back in 2008. I've been a nurse for about 12 years now. Um, I got my master's degree back in 2012, or no, not 2012, 2016. And I have been working since that time as a clinical educator at Davis Hospital in Layton, Utah. So you are a nurse educator, a clinical educator is your official job title, correct? Yes. So what do you do every day? Um, so one of my main responsibilities is um, coordinating orientation for everyone that works in the hospital, whether that's the nurses, um, the people that work in the lab, um, radiology, respiratory, um, wherever I help them get the general orientation and um, learn the skills that they need to know to um, work at the hospital. Um, I'm also in charge of coordinating the students that come to our hospital from the different disciplines, um, the different programs we have in this area. So, and then I also am in charge of all online education. So I'm the person that assigns all of their online learning modules. Um, most of the nurses and everybody else loves that. <laughs> and then I also do teach a few different classes Okay. You know, in the hospital. Okay, awesome. So when you say teaching, I imagine these nurses have come mm-hmm. into the hospital having graduated from a nursing program. They, pro- they may have a bachelor's degree or certification. What exactly mm-hmm. are you teaching them? Um, basically, we're teaching them the ins and outs of the hospital, like our different policies, how to use our equipment. Um, it's just a specific, because when you're in nursing school or whatever kind of professional school you're in, it's a very broad education, so we're helping them know what they need to know to work here at Davis Hospital So, and with the specific populations they're going to be working with. What are some other things that a nurse educator, what kind of skills does a nurse educator need that a general RN may not have? 
Uh, so you need to be able to develop curriculum. Um, I do spend, um, like in nursing school, we did do um, spend time researching in our research class, but um, we do that a lot more now for trying to disseminate that information to the nurses and the other people that work in the hospital. So, because um, when you're working on the floor, you may not always have the time to look up that stuff on your own. So we help them by doing that for them, helping them find resources, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's mostly developing that curriculum, which you do do to a certain extent when you're doing your patient teaching, but it's a lot more in this role. So, and I have to find ways to engage people when I'm teaching them because hospital orientation is not the most exciting thing in the world. So. <laughs> That's all right. You have to be creative. Too. Yeah, of course. So what was it that made you want to become a nurse educator? Um, so back in 2012, um, when I was still working on the floor with patients and stuff, um, I've been precepting students. Like they were following me around um, through my days, that kind of stuff. And I realized I really enjoyed teaching. So I decided to go back to school and get my master's degree. And then um, after I graduated, I needed to, I had gotten tuition reimbursement through my previous employment. So I needed to do something with my degree. So I ended up in the clinical educator role here at Davis. And then I fell in love with doing it. So I've been here for about four years now. So it was just kind of one of those stepping stones. I want to do a little bit more, but still be in nursing. So. Okay, so do you find yourself, even though you are a nurse educator, do you find yourself working on the floor and working with patients still? Or is it completely behind-the-scenes stuff? It's pretty much behind-the-scenes. Um, it's a desktop, so. No, uh, yeah. Not everybody finds that exciting, but I actually enjoy it a lot. I get to meet everybody that works in the hospital, and I like that a lot. So I pretty much know everybody. That's what I was thinking. You kind of get to touch every single part of the hospital when you're in a nurse educator position, it seems like. You get to talk to everybody and you get to train everybody. Mm -hmm. And even though you Mm -hmm. may not be directly involved with the patients, you're still kind of involved indirectly by teaching those nurses what they need to do to make sure that each patient is being taken care of. But Mm -hmm. coming from your perspective, what is the most challenging thing about your job? Probably having enough time to do everything because there are many parts of my job where we're a smaller community hospital. Um, we are really lucky. We actually have four of us that work in our office, but we still have a pretty broad role, and there's a lot to do. So it's just hard having enough time to be able to get everything done. And probably answering emails is probably the biggest contributor to that. I get a lot of emails every day. People like to reach out to me if they have questions, that kind of stuff. So I want to be there and be available for them. And sometimes it's frustrating that I'm not able to get back to them as quickly as I want to. So I think that's probably the hardest. Um, it's just the time management management part of it. Now I kind of want to flip it around. I've asked you what is the hardest thing about your job, but now I want to know what's your favorite part. What makes what you do so fulfilling? I think probably my favorite part is just getting to know everybody in the hospital. Um, when you work on the floor, it's just such a small community. It's like your family. 
pretty much. Um, but where I'm in the position I am now, I know most people throughout the hospital because they've either come through orientation or they've been in one of my certification classes or I've met them in skills days, that kind of thing. So it's kind of nice to know so many people and to have so many people know me and just to be able to interact with so many different people and have an impact on how they take care of patients, that kind of stuff. That is awesome. I am super happy that you've been able to find a a niche in in nursing that really makes you feel fulfilled and happy, Megan. So Mm -hmm. now we have reached the end. And before we go, we wanted to make sure that you guys knew how to get in contact with Megan in case you have any more questions about clinical education, nurse education, or anything that she does at the Davis Hospital. So you guys can go search LinkedIn and go to the big search bar at the top and search just Megan Prousey. And you'll be able to find her there and you can connect with her and message her and ask her those questions that you guys have. But thank you again so much, Megan, for coming in and talking to us and have an awesome rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Adia, you know what? I am so impressed with our guest today. I never realized that nurse educators are the driving force behind the training of skilled nurse professionals. I was just looking on the internet and realized how in demand nurse educators are in the industry. The average salary is $75,000 a year, depending on experience and location of the job. And I don't know about you, Corbin, but that's a lot more than I make right now. (laughs) That's definitely a lot more than the money I make right now. I also like that you can change your career path without really even having to change careers. Oh, yeah. Hopefully all of you, our listeners, have learned a few things about channeling your passion for education into becoming better nurses. Want to know the best part? What? We have so many other careers that we can discuss and talk about in a future episode of The College Handoff. But until then, stay happy and stay safe. See you next week. See y'all.